Hi guys, welcome to Rayon Challenge the Future podcast, powered by Binance, trusted by over 90 million users from over 180 countries and regions worldwide. Binance is dedicated to creating the freedom of money for you. Cryptocurrency is unregulated in the UK. The value of investments can go down as well as up. Profits may be subject to capital gains tax. And as you know by now, we do not offer any financial advice on this show. To learn more about Binance, follow the link in the description below. And here we are today with uh, Domin Kirch. Domin, good to see you. Hello, Lawrence. Great to be here. Good to see you. Partner Aram Novum. Um, um, how are you doing? Very good. I mean, it's it's been exciting and very interesting day in uh, crypto. One to remember, definitely. Well, let's jump into that. Like, what you know, for for anyone, and again, you know, a lot of the round community, we're actually be we've been very fortunate. We've been able to attract a lot of new people that are new to the world of crypto. Um, they're still just learning about it. What's your take, and how how would you explain as to what's actually happening right now? Right now, um, what is happening is a beef be between two most known billionaires. One from uh, one is CEO of Binance, uh, CZ. Another one is uh, FTX, uh, famous SBF, um, that's his nickname. Um, we don't know what is actual background behind this conflict, but um, it kind of started on Twitter, I think, yesterday night when CZ announced that uh, there are market selling all their FTT holdings because they don't want to hold it anymore and do, they want to de-risk it. And they started this whole Twitter drama where then FTX offered to buy all of it for $22 and they denied. Um, and basically it started a big fight and people uh, started to comparing this uh, situation with Terra Luna and blow off. And right now there's a tons of speculation whether FTX is uh, might be insolvent, what, what's going on and who is the bad actor in this, you know, case so as of right uh right now it's um right now it's 13 uh gmt and we are waiting for um sbf or ftx to post some proof of funds basically this would uh, probably solve the the situation and you know ensure that they have the collateral backing their customers accounts um but yeah at this moment it, it's still unknown what is actually um going on at ftx i mean and ftt is down 23 over 23 percent right now so um yeah hopefully they'll be able to come out with some news soon but i mean where where's where's binance um where, where does binance come into this exactly um if i know correctly binance in, invested in in ftx back in 2019 um but since then they were cooperating I think pretty good, but at some point um, something happened between the companies or, or leadership team. We don't know what what exactly um, CZ is talking about, you know, some um, back of the head um, lobbying against Binance from SBF or FTX side. We don't know what, what actually happened, but um, this is the acquisition from um, CZ. Um, and this is the reason why they, they don't want to support them anymore. And that's why they're selling their, their, their tokens on the market because they don't want to be exposed to FTX anymore. 
uh, and this, yeah, um, when we're seeing these giants fighting, unfortunately, little, little guys, retail is hurt the most. So I think this is really not a good uh, situation to to be in, especially right now in the in, in the bear market. Um, but yeah, let's see how this unfolds. Yeah, and I I I think it's fair to say that um uh, CZ he's obviously got a very very strong reputation um in the crypto world. Obviously ourselves, you know, you see the powered by Binance um, logo all over the realm platform. Um, yeah, he's obviously got a very very strong reputation. Um, and it feels like they've probably got the upper hand in this situation. Do they not? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, both companies are very tough com competitors um we don't know who who the aggressor really is in this case uh but yeah i think the reputation is is everything and they both want to maintain it, it high on high level um that's why i think it is really important what's going to come out in next 24 or 48 hours because i think this will define who will um sit on on the throne in the next years on this um market well i think uh yeah i'm i've got to be careful what i say but i think everyone knows who i put my money on uh, <laughs> um but look we're, we're here to wet erin over um you know again and i think you and i when did we first speak um i think was it about six seven months ago i remember we got we spoke was it through bitstamp or it was in in summer. I was um already at Illinois because I I I mean we started this company a year ago now, um so yeah we probably catch up in this summer. Uh, we started talking. And um, how's it all going at Aeronovum? It's going very uh, very well. Um, we're actually three founders, and um each of us is having like five or more years of experience in this uh, sector, um you know from from exchange to custody to capital markets. And we are combining all, all this knowledge and, and really serving clients on the strategy and execution front. And um, right now, I mean, in, in last year, we built our team to now 12 people and wow. um, yeah, 12 uh, experts in digital assets, development, um, product managers, so we can really tackle quite range, quite wide range of topics or projects. And and in in terms of so, so what are the like areas of specialization in terms of your 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 products and and what knowledge is it that you're you're offering uh, clients? Yeah, sure. So I would classify this in four main buckets. So um, one is definitely we start with with business strategy. So um, knowing how to you know, for tra traditional finance, it's important to understand how to approach this this market, to un understand the the millennials, the investors, and how to make a product that actually works, and how to make it to market efficient, right? So that that you combine all the right layers together, that you are moving fast and moving efficient. So I would say we we can start with with strategy. But not necessary. Um, some companies already have a, a strategy, and we do them on the product development side because they might be lacking some internal um, capacities, resources. So we can actually be the external team or the 
innovation lab that you know stress test an idea test it out build it and then send it on on the market so it's basically a product development service and the third is definitely sales and marketing because it, even though there is a lot of hype about web3 and you know this novel approach to metaverse and all this stuff i still believe there's there there are marketing and sales fundamentals that needs to be um, hit first from positioning having the right hooks content strategy then you know placing your content at the right place at the right time and acquire your your audience um and most founders in in web3 they are still, you know, they are very, they have a specific knowledge in their niche, but sometimes they, they like too much on, you know, product development or just just tech. I believe that, yes, product sells, it, it itself is, is great, but great marketing can, can definitely push it higher. I mean, further, right? So I think this third bucket is, is really important and we have web3 companies scale and grow using web2 tech or approach i'm talking about you know crm and outreach sales strategy sales processing so things that probably work before and is working now so um this is you no know, long story short about these three three main uh verticals and I mean, in terms of that, so, so marketing is key, right? Learn, you know, as the cliche goes, you can have the best product in the world, but if you haven't got the marketing behind it, no one's ever going to know about it. Um, what what are the challenges and the, the mistakes that you're actually seeing companies make? Because with ourselves, like when we first started, we got the marketing right very early on. Mm -hmm. And we struggled with the tech. Mm -hmm. the sales and uh, sales and marketing we got down but the tech was something where, where we've really struggled early on your what i think what you're saying is that actually now these companies they're so product focused and i do think that's the right way to be to be fair um but they're so product focused that they're neglecting uh the marketing channels or are you saying they're trying to they think they're going to use like uh new web three techniques metaverse style techniques in order to actually like sell and promote their products i'm saying yes yeah, that um you you have to write i mean find the the right balance between investment in the product investment into marketing so i think both should be developed uh, simultaneously and you should definitely put some effort in in, in marketing building the right teams and, and the right channels and when when you say it, you struggled with the tech. Which tech exactly did did you have in mind? So, uh, what was your challenge in terms of uh, technology? Sure. So, I think I think it's not so much in the terms of the technology. There were two things. So, first of all, I think it was actually building the right team. Mm -hmm. That's really hard building the right team, um, and specifically within terms of the technology, we were really good at creating like some really cool products and it was me it was purely my fault because what happened was that I saw how good Yarn was I saw how good all the development team were and I focused on just creating really cool technology and then I thought we'll go out there and we'll just be able to to sell it 
right? I thought, hey, this is really cool. This is an AI journalist. Let's go mm -hmm. and sell it. But what I really neglected was the user experience and the user journey and what it means to the user. And mm -hmm. it was only after, kid you not, two failures, right, that I really thought, okay, we're doing this wrong. We have to make sure that we're building something that the customers can look at, they can, and they know instantly that they love it and they know instantly that they want it. Mm -hmm. that, that, that was the first thing, right? So um, in terms of the technology, should have been starting with the user experience every single time. Um, in terms of the marketing, and this is where the technology comes into it, I didn't appreciate how much of a science marketing has become. Right? We do hundreds of podcasts. I think we've probably got about 800 companies just on the waiting list to be on, to be on our podcast. Um, but if we don't have the right distribution channels, if we don't have the right partnerships as well, then it doesn't actually work. And I and I, I think I think that's it. understanding the science behind those distribution channels um, is great, but and again this might sound slightly contradictory. Nothing beats just creating like great material, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but I mean going back to your 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 early question, for me it just comes down to like you know it's not so much the technologies how well. Does your team understand the technology? How well does your team, uh, in their minds and you know, in their ability, how much are they understanding the forefront of where technology is going? And I think something that we did really well at Rayon is that we built a team that understood that. I think I definitely hear you, and 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 I think uh, I'm on totally on the same page here that um, knowing the the technology and knowing really the the audience right being being there being in a crypto twitter being in discords this really empowers people partners agencies to really un understand the end client and the, the the whole space so i think this is something that um some big players are missing uh and this is definitely something that uh we are we are bringing so you know this actual hands-on experience you know this gra graduation from um school of hard knocks being yeah. there and bull market seeing a lot of things and knowing uh, you know how, how to turn right then well that's interesting so actually uh, that's a good point because one thing i've said to Jan since we started is we need um a recession a long recession in order for us to grow because one thing that again that i think is really important is that there has to be as much innovation in the business model as there is in the technology. And with us, our innovation uh, started a new way for companies to actually be able to build teams, a new a way for companies to actually sell and market their products. But more than anything, the innovation in our business model came from not raising capital. Right? We're, like, we're gonna have very, very um, disciplined uh, spending habits. We're going to have very, very low capital expenditure. We're going to work out how to do everything ourselves in-house. Um, and I think that now actually for companies who are saying we have to uh, create uh, or at least reduce our marketing spend, it must be an amazing opportunity 
for younger companies like yourselves to build relationships with them is it not because they're not going to stop marketing you know again i had a meeting with ftx last week right not the best timing uh, and it's probably changed since then but um you know i think i i think we, we discussed something like their marketing budget or sponsorship budget was it was in the hundreds of millions of dollars i'm sure that you know that that's possibly changed but but they're not going to stop. I mean, you know, hopefully everything will be all right, but they're not going to stop marketing. They need to be able to bring on new users, people that are new to the crypto world. They just can't necessarily sponsor 10 more stadiums. Definitely. I mean, it's it's like it's like basic supply and demand logic, right? So right now that um, everybody is uh, bringing their, their budgets down, the ads are actually coming cheaper. So, so are sponsorships, so are Google Ads, so are, you know, getting, I mean, paying for attention now just got a little bit cheaper than it was in the, in the bull market. Right. And additional point there, um, I think bear market to, to some extent is healthy for, for, for the industry because it let, you know, this Ponzi economics die out because like we said before, now it, it really matters about the true products, true services that are bringing value to the market uh, and are not based on some, you know, um, loop that is uh, self-fulfilling and just waits for the blow up. Did you, um, sorry, did you say Ponzi economics? Was that, yeah. uh, so you know, Jan actually, Jan always says, you know, we used to have Ponzi schemes. Now we have startups. And there is an attitude really that actually startups have been used as a vehicle to pump tons of money in and if they fail they fail if they don't they don't but there is a culture of pre-money and post-money valuations right and it's kind of like well because i've now invested in your startup which has zero sales it's now worth three or four times more and then you go to the next investor and the next investor and i i don't think it will die out that culture I do think that for the foreseeable future, um, investors will be more mindful about how they place their capital. Definitely, definitely, for sure. How, how are you guys able to capitalize then on this situation? Because again, like you said, you know, you're a young company, uh, company, you know, your, your clients are going to be looking for new solutions. You're able to bring that to the table. Um, so you know, what, what is it that you're really focusing on at this time? So at this moment, um, what re what really matters is our own connections and great service that we are delivering to the current clients. So I think these are the main value drivers for us at, at the moment. Um, then additional, additionally, we want to build our own brand, being you know known in, in this industry. But this is a, a long term game, right? So on this front, we're having this called startup problem because people don't know your your, your brand, your name, etc. So that's why we, we put extra effort on our current clients and we want to stay, you know, smaller and we want to handle just a handful of clients at, at one time and really focus on, on their needs and, you know, um, really bring the, the best service for them. And we even, you know, limited limit number of clients we, we, we work at the time. So... Yeah. Um, we are really booked uh, right yeah. now for, for this uh, year in, in Q1, but accepting uh, additional projects for Q2 next year. 
that's for yeah that, that, and that, that's the, i like that approach because again it it focuses on it means you're focused on quality control um and i, I think you raised like quite an interesting point there you know and and i kind of i've always taken the view that if i walk down the street and i asked a thousand people who barclays and hsbc are right every single one of them is going to know but even now, if I asked the same thousand people who FTX are, who Binance are, I'm not convinced that many of them would know. And I think that actually there has to be almost like a reality check that the industry is still a baby, right? Mm -hmm. They're still converting new users. And that's only going to happen um, if companies are efficiently um, advertising and marketing their products. So, in, in, what are the what are the core challenges then that your that companies are facing right now? And uh, leading on to that, it must come down to dollars, right? And you know, the, the in terms of the challenges, is it symbiotic with the costs uh, of of what it has become to like advertise online? Right, Google ads are expensive. So, in terms of challenges, I would uh, break down to two um, types of challenges. So one is for, you know, um, startups or, you know, fast growing uh, companies, small ones. So this is one group. And second group is um, larger companies, institutions. So um, problem for, for the second group, for the institutions is really about uh, knowing where and how to basically start. So um, getting to, getting this, knowledge about the the vendors knowing the the risks of, of of the industry knowing how to capture it in a very efficient manner so i think these are the main challenges for the institutions and we help them you know guide them on this way or basically um execute for them in terms of you know some uh, verticals in terms of the of the startups and founders they are very good at certain things but now they they raise tons of capital probably, and they have to deploy this extra efficient. You know, they have in their their boards watching, and they want to prove them, themselves through having reliable services or products. And this is again somewhere where we come in because we are you know flexible team of experts from technology product managers marketers and can actually own a, a, a vertical of products for them and, you know, be a bucket that uh, they're filling with, with challenges or projects and we're just, you know, run it for them. And this is um, something they, they really um, uh, respect and admire. And this is, you know, probably challenge and, and a solution for the founders uh, we are bringing here. And, and what, what's your background? What were you doing before this? Um, it depends how far you want to go in. Oh, my okay. career. <laughs> yeah, but, um, that, that, that's like, more your joy. That, that's more up I'll, to you. I'll, I'll just yeah, um, share a little bit of a short story because I, I think uh, people might find it um, funny or you know, interesting. Is I actually do a two big um, pivots in, in in my life. So first one is because I started studying veterinary medicine. Um, and I, you know, I was having pretty good good grades, eight and plus. Um, this is eight out of ten in in Slovenia. This is not bad. But I then dropped out in in the third grade and started my my own uh, company. I was uh, 21 at this time. 
Um, and this company was called Zoic Bar, a protein bar made from insects. So this was very um, innovative product for this time. And we basically farmed these insects, make protein bars and ship them across the whole Europe. Um, so that was my first, uh, an what, what year was that? When, when was that? What year was that? It was 2014. That's like innovative. Like that, like people, are, I mean, people are doing it now. It's not, I don't know how popular <laughs> it is, but, but yeah, that's, uh, that, that was quite a, a pioneering journey. I would imagine. Exactly. I mean, it uh, definitely was the. Uh, and uh, what I learned from this is that timing is is really important because we were ahead of time. It still uh, is ahead of time at, at this at this moment, I think. Uh, but yeah, ten years uh, before it was a little bit more um, challenging and you know a very new new uh, thing to to do basically. So this was my first pivot from academia to basically owning and handling business, and you know this. Uh, start the world of fundraising and all this stuff that uh, that that comes with it. Uh, then I spent a, a couple of years in, in, in startups, especially in growth marketing. In 2017, I um, got orange built and really, you know, dive deeper in, into Bitcoin, in, into finance. And this is uh, what I call my second pivot because I went from, you know, not knowing a lot about finance to really start to to, ed to educate uh, myself on what money is, what Bitcoin is, how does blockchain work. So all these things that you you are not taught in school or wherever. Um, so this time then I really acquired this knowledge about the finance and how things work. And, you know, um, the, the develop my uh, career now in, in this uh, direction. That is an interesting, like... <laughs> So you've gone from starting out wanting to save animals' lives to selling animal as food to crypto. Correct. Yeah. But to be fair, creative and doing something like challenging like the entire time. Yeah, that's a very first summary. <laughs> yeah. Are you an animal lover? I am, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, same. Uh, again, huge, uh, you know, yeah, love animals. So, okay, that, 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 that's interesting. But how does this compare then, you know, in terms of challenging? Is it, I mean, again, it's a far more competitive industry. Is that fair to say? Yeah, um, mm -hmm. I think, how, how, yeah sorry. Sorry, um, I just wanted to con conclude that yeah, I think the most important lesson here is that um, we need to... to be able to adopt new skills at, at rapid pace. I think this is the the long story short that we, because world is changing so fast in terms of technology, user experiences, um, how things work that we need to be just, you know, um, a lifelong learning and acquiring skills um, that, you know, then help by building business or, you know, um being a part of, of a of a larger company not so i was actually just filming with like the ventures like an hour two hours ago and they were saying that things are now moving so quickly that as as a company you have to acknowledge that you know your technology 
and your 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 knowledge of the technologies is going to be redundant within like 15 years or 10 years and now it's become like even like five years and it's about how the, the life cycle and relevance of a company is just getting shorter and shorter and shorter definitely and on this point i would like to add that you know at this point um this web3 buzzword is is really common and there are so many web3 experts but you are not noticing there are internet experts, right? There is no one who, who calls him, himself internet expert. And I think this is something that will happen in the next three or five years, that within the web three, there will be specialization within niches, right? For, you know, there will be experts for trade five integrations, um, marketing for within the web three. So, or you know, just different cases, and there there will be just you know like a, a whole branch of new um, skills and industries that, that, um, being developed there. Yeah, I have to. Say, I mean, I mean, in in terms of that, I certainly feel that there's, and I'm you know I'm guilty of this. I'm very concerned about the trajectory of the jobs market. I think that actually, clearly, like automation is taking over um, process driven jobs. But same with the industrial revolution, same with the internet revolution. Um, I think that there's going to be some form of like Web3 revolution. Mm. Um, and I think that actually there's some really cool, interesting companies out there that are bridging the gap between like artificial intelligence and rather than replacing humans, they're you know using it as a tool to help humans do a better job, you know, and utilize their skill sets. Um, I think the blockchain and fintech space particularly is going to be one of those areas that does that because emotional intelligence is becoming more and more valuable and there's great demand for it definitely um so you know i think that in itself is just going to create like jobs that you and i can't even imagine mm. you know? well actually no we're working on it right so we can imagine them but you know it's still it, it's, it's still amazing to see like where this is where this is certainly going but um, in in terms of in terms of that, I was going to say that I don't believe that, and neither does Jan actually on this. Like the word expert, there are no experts. Do you know what I mean? Like especially in something that is very very young and almost like it's not scientific enough at the moment. And I, I think that for these companies how do they go about marketing themselves how do they go about building their own company culture to fit what is still like an evolving technology yeah this is a very good question and um i would like to have to answer yeah i mean if we are if i am com comparing my my own company with other con con consulting uh, companies it's it's a marketplace of two things, right? So of clients and talents, basically. Um, and definitely on the client side, why someone would choose us and not, you know, um, a big four con consulting company. Reason might be that we are small and sophisticated and can really, you know, dive deeper into their crypto specific challenge or, or project. Um, so this is one, this is one thing. And on the consultant side, I, I would say that someone joining a McKinsey or a big uh, corporate has a long 
right to go through in, from associate to project owner to to being partner etc here we want to do we want to do three things so one is knowledge sharing we want to empower people to uh, with, with with knowledge and of course um encourage them to to just learn all the time so that, that's one that's one thing saying with this ownership ownership of the projects so we want to encourage that um as soon as someone joined um, of course we we, we help them with, with management and uh, ensure the great quality of work but still we we give the, the the opportunity to own things so this is might be a second thing that that might be important and the third thing third is we don't tolerate corporate bullshit which as you as you can know it there's a ton of politics a lot of things i mean there, there's enough there's of a, that about there's a whole book um titled corporate bullshit <laughs> so uh it's a very fun read and yeah so we we really don't tolerate this and we want to give people free time so what, what's an example like what's an example of corporate bullshit like i said um it's a whole book written on this um it's i would summarize it in you know um non-transparent um politics um talking something and doing something else, you know, things that are not really productive for the company, but are pro pro productive or, you know, beneficial for a person. Um, so this is something we want to avoid right now when we're still small and want to really bake in, in into our culture um, and really, you know, have a good work-time balance because we think this is the, 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 the ultimate driver of uh, productivity so good work-life balance and uh, people are, are motivated and can e even work during the weekend if they like right if, if they don't they of course don't but yeah so you, you know it's interesting when when i was an employee i loved meetings right i would sit i happily go from meeting to meeting to meeting now that i founded a company or co-founded a company 15 minute meetings. I tell everyone, we don't need to have any meetings that are longer than 15 minutes, except the one, one occasion is if we have, and we schedule like a design meeting or a creative meeting, right? Where it's all of us actually just sitting there, like throwing out ideas and just brainstorming. Then they, they some of those can go on for hours. Otherwise, all of our meetings, morning, evening, 15 minutes. That's make a uh, total sense, and uh, I can add an uh, addition uh, point to 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 this that what we're um, using or you know leveraging in 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 my company is um, voice messaging. So we we have just chats for you know signal chats. So this is end to end encryption for for uh, some some clients, and we use uh, voice voice messages, and just this is super efficient for just syncing or just you know having some some ideas out and you don't even need a meeting right so just listen to this and just re respond really fast so this is another way to for efficient communication you know i found that with computer scientists they don't like it if you like like for me they don't like it if i message them or they hate it if i just phone them like without actually telling them in advance like why i'm doing it and what i want to discuss because again, it's a very, very different mindset. 
that scientific mindset and understandably they they don't uh yeah they don't want to be disturbed but that actually I, I might have to I might have to attempt that idea that might be quite a good way for me to approach it but mm-hmm. I mean I, I, and again you know like you, you've built this you've built this culture of like efficiency like you say you know you're moving away from the corporate mentality um what is what is it really like like day to day you know you say people can work on weekends to be fair like pretty much everyone at Realm works on weekends now you know um we don't tell them to they just naturally do it um do you guys have any like strict code of conduct or is it still just very much everyone takes knows what they're responsible for and everyone is just like focusing on that so it's uh definitely a second one so we we, we don't have a strict uh of conduct so we we just want to to provide our clients great uh project great you know service and this really depends on our people and ourselves of course to be motivated and efficient uh during the time that, that we actually work right so um this is actually of course um most important to find out which tasks are using or you know wasting your your time or energy and when in which time of the day you are most productive so and navigating uh, within this um is i think bringing a good uh, results for for us as a company and for the clients and the projects and 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 in terms of like any like other like young companies um that need to obviously like market like when when should they stop? What, what's your advice for them? Um, when should when should they start marketing their product? Thinking about marketing, and actually start testing different channels. I would say as soon as possible. It could be even in beta state or even before. So you you can start you know running surveys or analysis or just talking to to potential clients before you write a line of code and i think uh, this is the the right right approach for founders because ideas might sound great but you you have to um, actually test it and i think it's really smart to just um showcase the 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 product tell the story about the product um talk about talk with your uh, potential clients and then when you are getting at least three, four, five. Yes, this is great, great thing. Then go and build it. Um, so I would definitely say go out and build it as soon as possible. Um, go out on Twitter, Discord, talk with, with people and just mark it as soon as possible. And then, you know, uh, build it on the um, second step. Yeah, I'd I have to agree. I think one one thing actually, I wrote a book, um, like an ebook just a short book for like again for marketing purposes and i think like rule number one in it was um start collecting email addresses early on you know and i don't mean like scraping them i mean actually create something like an ebook put it out there give it away for free um or at least in exchange for emails and again you start to gauge what the market wants right what works i i think i think on with one ebook we got in one day, I think we got our first, we got like 2000 emails. Mm. We had a thousand other failures, right? But we, you know, it took a while and, and finally we worked out 
you know, what, what we needed to do. But look, you, you mentioned something interesting about like the McKinsey's, the EYs, the Deloitte's. Um, and obviously I, I'm lucky I get to speak to a lot of like young students who aspire to move into the consulting world, right? Pays very attractive salaries. Um, it's very challenging, I was going to say in, in many ways. Um, and it's something where like, I think it has a certain status about it, you know? How is consulting, or what are your thoughts rather on the future of consulting? How is it going to change? Hmm. Um, yeah, so we have to look back in order to understand the, the future, I think. So how these companies actually started to be a, a consultant on the business side or the, on the product side. So because you know, this um, UI, Deloitte, et cetera, companies firstly were focused on audits. So, and through audits, they really get an, an well overview of the how business operates, what are the margins, what are the revenues and costs. And, you know, through through numbers, they can see the, the bones of the companies and, and, how, and in what shape it actually is. So a consultancy on the strategy was their natural upsell, right? So, so then additionally, um, they want they they kind of naturally expanded their services into you know more, um, let's say strategy and product and you know all these niches they're coming right now, and I think, as in as in our case, there will be an opportunity going forward for the companies that are particularly focused on the execution part of the um, yeah. service, because this is something I think these companies will be lacking in, in the future too, because um, as I said, their natural business com is coming from different, you know, um, uh, starting point, and they'll need to, to, to catch up. They might be buying uh, companies or you know talents from the market to you know filling th these gaps. This is one thing they, they they will cover, or they will they will you know focus on some niches or some vert some verticals stronger. But I think, like we talked before, this space is is growing so fast they won't be able, able to cover it one hundred percent. So there will always be an opportunity for 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 a coverage of some areas for small companies such as we are yeah i i think now actually it's just i think it's just the time for uh young companies like yourselves to just get in with the big companies but uh uh, uh domin kirch um at Irinovum, um really thank you very much for your time today it's uh it was greatly appreciated and uh, yeah look forward to seeing how this where, where this goes thank you so much lawrence Cool. Guys, check out um, Aeronovum on the Rayon platform and be sure to check out the Binance link as well below.